0: What's up, Gator Country? Hey, man. Andrew Spivey back with Nick and Nick. It's uh, bye week is over with. It's Florida-Georgia week. Uh, world's largest cocktail party, and I don't care what anybody has to say. That's what it is. Uh, great atmosphere. Um, Georgia's a big favorite in this game. Probably wins this football game on paper. Uh, we'll see what happens in the game uh no matter what the atmosphere is always amazing in Jacksonville it's always a game you uh you want to see and um you know the results on the field are somewhat unpredictable at times
1: absolutely and andrew i don't care what anybody says this is the best weekend of uh of college football you know when florida is is matching up with georgia the game is always insane it doesn't matter how good florida is how good georgia is this game is always fun uh to be there as a fan if you haven't been to that game it's a must go. You have to be there. Uh, incredible atmosphere. And, and, you know, in this particular matchup, the Gators, uh, you know, they're heavy dogs. I think it's around 21 points right now. Um, but like you said, this game is always unpredictable. Anything can happen. We have seen over the last 20 years, just the most insane, uh, you know, kind of wins. So, you know, it, it, it's just a game that's, that's super exciting to be there. It's super exciting for me. Um, and I'm sure, Andrew, you're going to, you're super excited as well. So we're, we're, we're both excited. Um everyone should be excited. It's just it's it's one of the best weekends of college football.
0: Will can't won this game. Mm. treon Harris had a winning record in this game. Four to one well, I think throwing five passes in this game. Yep. Anything can happen in this football game. Let's just let's just say it what it is. Um like you said, it's incredible atmosphere to go in to pull into the tailgate to see it, you know, to sit in the press box and 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 see you know half the crowd cheering at all times and half the crowd booing at all times. It's great atmosphere. It's it's to me, it's what college football is about. It, you know, I know there's a back and forth. Uh, you know, Georgia doesn't want the game in Jacksonville; they want the home game. And, you know, listen, I can make the case for it. I would i what I like to go up to the, to the hedges and and see a game in in Athens, sure. But also this game in Jacksonville is just so cool. Uh, You know, it just it represents everything that college football is about, in my opinion. I I just I I can't say that I don't want to see it there, man.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think like when when you look at it like that, the the only thing for me was was when recruits weren't allowed to be at the game, right? Because it to me that's just a missed opportunity for recruiting. Um, You know, if Florida had a home game against Georgia, that would do you know absolute numbers and recruiting and we can get into this if you want Andrew we can do it later but how yeah. important is this Florida
0: Georgia game in terms of recruiting for the Gators yeah I mean you know it's big because of a couple things you know AS in Jacksonville one of Florida's biggest hotbeds and when Florida successful you know in the the Springer days in the Meyer days it was because they were they were getting the top players from Jacksonville you know Florida should should not be losing the top players in Jacksonville to Georgia, to Ohio State, uh, to Alabama. You know, you, you look at some of the better ones, you know, Derrick Henry, for instance, uh, I know he was Uli, but I consider, you know, still in that Jacksonville area. Uh, you, you look at Mac Jones, you know, you've had several guys go to Georgia. You've had several guys go up to uh, Ohio State as well. So you cannot, can't lose that. And, you know, I think it's a big thing to to, to beat Georgia and show that, but but also it's big because you're showing how close you are. You know, this is the one game every year where you can measure yourself up against the team who's leading the the SEC East right now, and that's Georgia. And they've, I mean, I know it's a tie between them and Tennessee, but when you look at the last few years, Georgia's been the team to beat. Um, you have a chance to measure yourself there. And you know, again, I, I understand the recruiting argument, but I also will say this outside of the LSU game. Florida has hosted zero official visits. They hosted four for the LSU game, and that's it. Because of the fact that the coaches do not have time to, you know, spend all day uh, or all evening Friday, uh, all day Saturday, and most of the day Sunday with the recruits. Uh, you know, first of all, Saturday's game day. So, you know, if it's an early game, then they have a good bit of the day to do it. But then Sunday it's time to turn the table to the next game. So, you know, they're not hosting official visits. And I will say this. The majority of kids that are coming to this Florida-Georgia game on Saturday are kids who've been to your campus. So, are you really concerned about showing them your campus and your atmosphere and your stadium? No. I mean, you know, again, it's, it's one of those things of, does it really matter where they see the game and talk to the coaches at? I, I don't think so. I, you know, again, I'm glad to see that you know they're they're allowing the recruits to get tickets to this game to see this game. I think it's an awesome uh, game to see. Um, Oklahoma Texas has been doing it for a while at the uh, at the state fair, um, but I, I don't get the argument that this hurts recruiting uh, by not having this game at a home you know game one way or the other.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you make make a good point about the, you know, the Gators haven't hosted very many, you know, official visits this year. Um, so it's like, you know, at what point, at what, you know, at what point do you draw the line? At what point does it, does it really matter? I mean, we've seen sellout games against Utah, sellout games against LSU. Obviously, uh, you know, Florida, Georgia game in Gainesville would just be insane. Uh, but, you know, and then you look at it like this. I think, you know, this, you know, now that this is, is this the first year that the high school kids are allowed to, to go?
0: Yes. That, right, so, and, well, it, so it's the first year that Florida Georgia have agreed to let them come. Have agreed to. Okay, yeah. So,
1: so I think that's that. I think that is what kind of has made me now in favor of this matchup staying in Jacksonville because now that the recruits can go and, and they can kind of just be in a professional stadium, right? Like that's that's cool to them as well, right? You know, they like like you said these the, a lot of those kids that are going to the game have been to Gainesville, they've probably been to Athens, they've they've seen both campuses. Now they get a chance to see a you know an NFL stadium. Which is, which is probably pretty cool for them.
0: Yeah, again, I, I just, you know, for instance, Treyon Webb, he'll be at the game. Kelby Collins will be at the game. How many times have those guys seen the Ford facilities? Yeah. Hundreds? I mean, yeah. both of those guys have been on campus multiple times. First of all, on a typical game day visit for those guys, they don't even go on campus tours anymore. They go straight to the coaches all, or to the facility. Uh, talk to support staff members such as that. Then they go to the camp. I mean, go to the stadium. Talk to the coaches on the field for pregame. Talk to them postgame, and then leave. Okay, right. they could do all that there. So you know, I, I just don't. I I don't get that. Um, I, again, you know what I like to see. You know, they rotate maybe a home game here, here and there. Maybe you know once every ten years. Um, you know maybe go you know Georgia. Uh, or at Florida, at Georgia, and then Jacksonville for four or five years in a row, and then go back to one and one. Would I like to see it? Sure, I would. I mean, I think it would be cool. I mean, I'm a guy who who likes tradition and likes, you know, seeing um, other campuses and stadiums and and all that stuff. And I would like to go see a game between the hedges, and I'm sure Georgia fans would like to come down and see a game in the swamp. But if that means taking away fully the game in Jacksonville, I'm opposed to it.
1: I agree. Uh, You know, like I said, I I was on the fence for a while about it. And now I'm I'm pretty much fully in support of the game being in Jacksonville, you know, mainly mainly because of the recruiting aspect. And, you know, and like I said, if you haven't been to that game in Jacksonville, you need to go. You need to get your butt out of your out of your chair and get to the game, because I, I went I actually went for the first time last year. And and I, and I just, I you know, I, I went to UF for, for four years and I just never made it down there. And it was my senior year. And I was, you know, I got to go. I got to go. I got to go. I went and, you know, we got destroyed. Right. You know, the game wasn't close. But I will say I left that game and I said, there's no chance I, I can ever go a year without going to this game again. That's how good it was. And I've never left a football game feeling like that. Like like I have to go now. Like I this is this has to be an every year thing for me. That's how I felt when I left that game.
0: Yeah, I've had the opportunity to go to Alabama-Auburn. I've had the opportunity mm. to go to LSU-Arkansas, which was a big rivalry back in the day. Um, I've had the opportunity to go to some big rivalry games. They're great. They're, they're great. But Florida, Georgia, and Jacksonville, spectacular. It just right. – it, it is. You know, it is – the energy is constant there. Um You know, I I will say this, and and, you know, obviously, I don't think it's going to be this way for Florida this year, but we'll we'll hope and pray that. But to see the the Georgia fans leave with five or six minutes left in the game, and all you see is blue and orange, or vice versa, it's a cool experience. It's just cool. Like, yeah, I'm just not one of those people who, you know, have to stick to you know, this is what it has to be, and if you don't, you know, whatever. And and here's my thing, too, Nick, and and, uh, we can move on after this, and that is you're seeing more and more of these games. I mean, look at it. Alabama, you know, seems like they open up in a neutral site game every year. Um, LSU-Florida State was a neutral site game this year in, in New Orleans. Obviously, it was more for LSU fans, but you're seeing more and more of these games where it's neutral site to play these games to get more attention on it. So I, I just feel like that, you know, that Florida Georgia game in Jacksonville is a game that we shouldn't touch. Um, and if I'm Greg Sankie, I hope you tell Georgia to uh, shut up and uh, that you're going to play that game in Jacksonville every year.
1: Yeah, and 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 FSU and LSU opens up. They open up in Orlando again next year. So. Oh um, yeah, yeah, and, uh, and 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 not just that, but the and like you said, we can move on after this. But the city of Jacksonville, like the people that live there, they love it. Yeah. They love it, and they're and they don't even have any affiliation with UF or or Georgia. They they like I have I have family that lives in Jacksonville, and they just go to the tailgate because that that's what that's what you do when you're there. Like that 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 is the city, and right. it's 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 just a, it's it's a cool experience. It's fun. I I personally love it. I, I think they should keep it there.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, let's uh let's quickly quickly we did not podcast last week, but we'll quickly recap LSU. The defense still hasn't stopped anybody, and both offenses may still be scoring. I I, I don't know. Uh, Anthony Richardson still might be running on that 81-yard touchdown if he didn't Superman jump. Um, LSU's improving. They beat up on Ole Miss on Sunday, I mean on Saturday. Uh, That was an Ole Miss team that was pretty decent, and they beat up on them. Uh, This is a defense for Florida that's just, it is what it is, man. They're full of guys who can't make plays. Um you and I'll get into this in a second. The scheme the scheme I think is is okay. Um guys are in position to make plays, they're not making plays. Um these guys that are Dan Mullen guys and Todd Grantham guys just aren't making plays and aren't good enough to make plays, unfortunately, and um it's continuing to show its ugly hand. Yeah.
1: I mean, we just saw we saw the same same kind of defense, like 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 me and you have been saying all season long. This is this is unfortunately the Gators identity. Right. They're, you know, the defense just I, I, I've said it all along. It's a long term project, guys. It's going to take it it, it. it may not even be fixed next year. Um, It's it's just going to take time. Uh, It's going to take development. It's going to take talent, which I think is 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 the most important part. Um, you, 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 you know, you can develop all you want, but if you don't get the talent in the room, it's just not going to happen. Uh, and, 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 you know, it, it, you may see improvement with development, but Andrew, I mean, how important is, is just a great defensive recruiting class this year? They, they, they just need it because when you look at, when you look at the Gators defense this season, and Andrew, we've had many conversations um, about this, how many NFL players do we see? On this on this starting defense right now, two, two to three maybe. maybe. Uh, it it maybe, yeah. I mean, I I would say no more than three. Uh, and and that's something that we just haven't seen for a while. And, and this is something that Patrick Tony and the defensive staff they they have to deal with this. They have to kind of work around it. And I think it's difficult. I think it's really difficult. Uh, and like I said, this is just to quickly recap LSU. They just, you know, it, it was just one of those games where the Gators couldn't get a Stop. They just couldn't get off the field. We've seen it. This we've lost games this way before. Um yeah, just couldn't get a stop. Uh offense did a decent job of keeping pace. Um and and, and when the defense finally got a stop there was kind of a, a BS call, in my opinion, um that, that kind of shot the Gators chances there at the end. But you know, that penalty didn't end up it wasn't the it wasn't the reason why the Gators lost, although it was an unfortunate penalty. Um but yeah, offense offense did a decent job keeping pace. Um had a had a few hiccups here and there, but nothing no turnovers, which is a good thing. Um and the defense just the defense just couldn't get off the field, Andrew.
0: We're gonna we're gonna talk about that penalty because All
1: right,
0: uh we'll do it. I we we'll talk about it in just a second. I'm sick of that penalty, by the way. Sick of it. If you as a Atlanta Falcons fan and now an Gator, no, sick of that. But we'll get into that in a second. I mean listen, you score thirty five points. You should win most football games. Agreed. Period in a discussion. You just you just should. Um you know, Florida, Florida, did well enough offensively to win a football game. Period. Um, were there plays that Anthony Richardson would love to have back? Sure. Were there plays the offense would love to have back? Sure. You can do that in every game. You could score every play. You could score every possession of the game, and, and there's going to be plays that you can nitpick to do that. Um, obviously, Anthony is still a um, project that is building, um, that is getting better. Um, but defensively, it just it cannot happen. Um, 528 yards for, for LSU, um, an offensive line that is, you know, mostly freshmen and sophomore. I think three of the five are freshmen and sophomores playing. You had a starting right tackle who was a true freshman and Brenton Cox still has not gotten to, you know, Jaden Daniels. Um, that, that's the problem for me, Nick. And and that's where... I am uh, – guys that listen to this podcast and know them, I'm, I'm pretty straightforward. If, if I think the coach is not very good, I I, I tell you. I said that for Dan Mullen. I said that for Todd Grantham, I said that for John Hevesy. Patrick Tony's a, a very good defensive coordinator. They, let me just say that. Um, people who know this game way better than I, you, and everybody else will tell you he is a really good defensive coordinator. You look at his – I mean, Louisiana defenses and stuff – He's a really good defensive coordinator. He cannot force Brenton Cox to tackle Jane Daniels. He could put Brenton Cox in position to make the play, and he did multiple times, where he had Jane Daniels wrapped around his ankles, wrapped around his waist, and he lets him go. Surprise, surprise. It's happened all year. It's happened for the last three years. Avery Helm in perfect coverage, never turns around. LSU def- the LSU receiver goes up and catches the ball. Again, what do you do? Well, what do you do if you're Patrick Tony? You can't get out there and turn his head around. Um, touchdown late in the uh, third quarter, double coverage. Jadarius Perkins, Jalen Kimber, both there. Need to them turn their heads. Touchdown. Guy catches the ball over both of them. If you're Patrick Tony, what are you doing? How, how do you how do you stop that? There's nothing you can do. All you can do is put your guys in position to make plays and and hope they make plays. You can only tell Trey Dean and Rashad Torrance to be in certain plays or areas to make the play. If they don't break down and make a tackle, I don't know what else you want the man to do. I, I, I just it is a talent deficiency. We said it was a talent deficiency. Everyone talked about how it was a talent deficiency, and it is rearing its ugly head right now. Um, you and I've talked about this. Maybe it's time to go to the freshman and see. You know, you're gonna take lumps there, and I think that it's going to, you know, not calm the masses too much. But Nick, I ask you this. If you're Patrick Tony, what do you do?
1: Yeah, I mean, you just made a you just made a ton of really good points, Andrew, and 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 I think I think the only thing to do is 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 kind of lean on the lean on the young players, lean on the freshmen a little bit. And I say this, I say this because of this. We're worried, right? So when 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 you're playing a freshman or or a young, you know, redshirt freshman sophomore whatever the case may be in a, in a football game in the SEC, you're worried about him one not knowing the playbook, not knowing the plays and 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 making mental mistakes, right okay right. but we're we're seeing those those mental mistakes from the veteran players on our defense so what are we worried about right, right. like you're you're you know i I understand being worried about you know you know kind of easing the easing the freshman in a little bit I do I get that, but those veterans on our defense are 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 making those mistakes that we're worried the freshmen are gonna make right so that to me is like okay. Something's got something has to switch, right? Something, something has to give, something has to change, um, and and that's where I look at Patrick Tony, right? And I and I and I and I don't blame him um, for for this for the start to this this this, this 2022 season, but I do I do want to see those young players get in the mix. I think it's time. And I and, and 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 guess what? If they if they give up 50 points a game, okay, we're already giving up 50 points a game, right? We gave up right. 45 points to LSU. So like what what are we worried about right What I I like, but to answer your question, Andrew, there's just there's just not much that Tony can do right now in year one, and 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 not to call anybody out. Okay, I'm not going to call anyone out, but the same people, the same people saying Patrick Tony needs to be fired or let go or, or 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 demoted or whatever the case may be, are the same people that said after the first two games that Billy Napier needs an offensive coordinator. Yep. Uh, I don't know about you, Andrew, but the games that I've watched recently, I don't think Billy Napier needs an offensive coordinator. I don't think he needs a play caller. Um, he's doing a hell of a job, in my opinion.
0: Um, There's always no. going to be somebody that has to take the blame. Yeah, and right uh, yeah. now, Patrick Tony is <laughs> exactly. the guy taking the blame. Exactly. Um, and and listen, hey, he's a grown man. He's done this for his entire life. Um, he's is he going to be bothered by it? No, he's not. Um, but, you know, it's just a situation for me, Nick, where it's like, you know, these guys are bad. Okay. They're, they're just bad. And I don't know what else to say. I just, you got fifth and sixth year seniors, you know, still making boneheaded plays, um, I think you do kind of have to take the lumps and I, and I do think, um, you and I have both heard all week that we do think that there will be some changes, um, that some young guys are going to play. Um, Kamari Wilson, you know, made a tweet where he said it was his time and, um, uh, it wouldn't shock me at all to see it be his time, um, on Saturday. Um, it wouldn't shock me to see Miguel Mitchell playing, um, more. Um, he got in and was playing some nickel, uh, late in the, uh, in the LSU game. Uh, so, you know, it wouldn't shock me at all if, if he's playing um, a, a lot on Saturday. And, um, you know, for me, Nick and, and, and you're talking to the, to one of the biggest competitors out there. I, I I want to win in everything I do. I beat my kid in, in PlayStation and, and he's five years old and I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm almost at the point where, What else do you have to lose? And does it really matter, um, you know, to Georgia? Does it really matter, you know, if Trey Dean's given up the the long ball or – Kamari Wilson's giving up the long ball. You know, does it, does it really matter? Like, for me, it's almost like, let me see what, what you got. Let me see what Kamari's got. Let me see what Shamar James has got. Let me see what Devin Moore's got when healthy. Um, let me see what Miguel Mitchell's got. Let me see what some of these younger guys have that can get in there and play, um, you know, obviously you're still battling that whole, you know, do I want to red shirt them kind of deal there. Um, and, and that'll battle into some cases, like for instance, Devin Moore, I, I think he may be kind of more now leaning towards that red shirt. Um, but I'm at the point where I'm like, okay, let me just see what I got because I know what I have now and, and they're gone after this year. Let me see what I got behind these guys.
1: Right. And you know, it, it it just comes down to something has to change, um, and I'm not talking I'm not talking schematically uh, or with defensive coordinator. I'm talking personnel on the field. When you see someone get beat over and over and over again, you just something has to. There has to be a switch there. There you right. can't. It just can't keep happening. And, and and I do think that that's what you're going to see in these last final five football games for the Florida Gators. I think you're going to see. Because because Andrew the Gators are four and three this season, right? They're 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 out of out of you know SEC East contention. Uh, you know they're still fighting for a bowl game. Uh, but but what really do you have to lose, right? Uh, you know when you're when you're looking at okay, should I play Devin Moore over Jason Marshall? Uh, should I play Shamar James
0: over Amari Bernie? What what do you have to lose with those switches right now? Uh, well, I mean, the biggest thing is are those guys. Well, it hurt those guys more to play than not to play. You know, obviously, you don't want to throw a guy out there who's not ready because then it crushes their confidence. But, you know, a couple of those guys we're talking about have played enough that you feel like, okay, they're ready to go. They've already burnt Mm -hmm. their red shirt. So, you know, it's kind of like, okay, yeah, there is nothing to lose there. Um, You know, obviously, getting bowl eligible is a must um this team absolutely 100% needs the extra practices um so you know you you 100% have got to get bowl eligible but to be fair you should get bowl eligible with those freshmen um you know in games um against South Carolina which you know they did beat Texas A&M Texas A&M was not very good either uh Vanderbilt and then um against Florida State so you have got to figure out a way to get that um you know, you just have to figure out a way to take some positives from this year. And, you know, obviously there is a lot of positives. The penalties have went way down. Um, the discipline's better. Um, offensively, they're more physical. Defensively, I think they're more physical. Um, but, you know, see what you got going forward. Um, this recruiting class is about to be very, very good, um, especially in the defensive backfield. So see what you got going forward, um, and especially in the bowl game. Like, I, I want to see Kamari Wilson and Miguel Mitchell play in the bowl game. I, I, I care less about two seniors playing in the bowl game.
1: Right. And, you know, you, you, exactly. But, you, you know, you mentioned trying to find a way to, to take, you know, small wins from the season and uh, getting a bowl game and getting those extra 15 practices, that's a huge win. That's, I mean, you, you talk about, I mean, what have we been talking about this, this, this whole, this whole kind of podcast we've been talking about talent, and we've been talking about young players. Okay, right. well, your that bowl that making a bowl game gives those young players game or not rep, not game reps, but reps. And let me tell you something about how bowl practices work. They rotate, or at least most coaches do, rotate everybody in. I mean, everybody gets first team reps. Every, every like everyone gets an equal amount of reps. So bowl game is crucial, crucial for. A, a, a younger player's development, right? The, the, the right. Devin Moore, the Shamar James, the, the Miguel Mitchell—these players that we're talking about—that are potential leaders of this Gators defense. Making a bowl game is huge. So, in my right. opinion, if you're the if you're if you're the Florida Gators, you're looking you you you're trying so hard to get six six wins. I mean, I think it's possible. Um, you know, I, I think I think Gators could even finish at seven and five. But again, just get, get that six win mark. Get those extra practices for your team. Uh, some of you are going to say, "Oh, it doesn't matter." Who cares? It's it's just a you know it's the it's the Birmingham Bowl or whatever. It doesn't matter. You they, Please the, God,
0: not the Birmingham Bowl. Yeah, please, please yeah. God, not the Birmingham. But you bowl. wouldn't
1: go to that, Andrew.
0: <sighs> I mean, it's better now. It's better now than it was when it was at Legion Field. But Nick, oh, that's a that's not a that's not a fun bowl. That's yeah. not a fun bowl. Our no, that's that's not, that's not a fun right? Bowl. But
1: you know, I was just throwing a name out there, you know, one of those lower, lower tier bowls, but you know, it's, it's, it's just the point where, like you said, Andrew, you have to take every small win this season, right? Uh, you know, you're four and three, got to take every small win and making a bowl game guys is, is just huge for the, for this, for this team because well, there's a ton of young players on defense that just need more experience and that's how you get it. That's how you get it.
0: Yeah, it is. Um, it's, it's definitely you know it's it's a it's a big uh, thing. I, I want to talk a little bit about that um, roughing the passer before we move on to Georgia. Right. Something's gonna be done, my friend. This roughing the passer crap has gotten out of control, man. the The inconsistencies of this rule has gotten un- uncontrollable. Um, you know, Gervin Dexter's called for roughing the passer there because um, you know he was fell with all of his body weight on Jaden Daniels. Okay, I get, I get that. But, okay, it's four to six seconds is what most football plays take from the snap of the ball to the, to the whistle blown to call the play dead. Think about that now to Gervin Dexter's timing of how long he has to make a decision on whether to hit the quarterback or not hit the quarterback. And then think about it once he hits the quarterback, falling to the side or falling on Jaden Daniels. I ask you this, Nick. Unbiased opinion here. Was there anything dirty? Like, was there any intent there? Or was it just a football play?
1: No, absolutely not. Um, I mean, it was a, you know, Andrew, we've talked about this uh, many times. Uh, but I, I just don't think people realize, and I was not, I, I played a year of, of, of high school football. I was not a... I was not a defensive end, defensive tackle. I was never in a position – I played wide receiver. I was never in position to sack the quarterback. Um, but I can only imagine and, – and, and I'm sure that, that we can get people on this podcast to tell you how hard it is. But I'm sure when you're – especially when you're Gervon Dexter's weight, I'm sh- I can promise you it's very difficult to make a tackle and move your body off the guy and, and worry about all that while also trying to sack the quarterback. That to me, like that, when you watch the play, right? You you just you look at it. There is no bad intent there. That was not a dirty play. Um, and I, I I would have to go back and watch the replay. But I don't think Jaden Daniels got up and was asking for a flag. Uh, no. I, I I think if you ask Jaden Daniels about the penalty after the game, you know what I you know what I'm pretty sure he's going to tell you. I'm pretty sure he's going to say I should have made a better pass. Right. That's that yeah. that that that's what Jaden Daniels was worried about. I don't think Jaden Daniels was sitting there. Oh, where's my flag? No, no not a dirty play uh i that was the uh look I, I i get why the flag was called um i know that's technically the rule you're not supposed to land on on the on the quarterback when you're hitting him but i just i think it's unfortunate that that's when it was called right the ref it saw just, the inter- i just to me he should have left it in his pocket he saw the interception and i know that the ref is supposed to do his job i get that I just think that in that moment, that was just an unfortunate time to pull out that flag, a very unfortunate time. Um, I, I personally would have kept it in my pocket because, Andrew, in my opinion, and this goes for everything, roughing the passer, targeting, all, all, all of these penalties that we're seeing. Right. In my opinion, the flag should only be thrown if there was clear intent to, to hurt or injure the opposing team that that to me is when i that's when i pull the flag okay and, and 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 but you know you know hitting someone super late things like that those are flags i i i want those to be flags however that play that gervon dexter hit zero bad intentions there to me that cannot be called it cannot be called
0: no i i agree i just you know i'm with you i i don't know how i i don't know how this rule has gotten so to the point of tossed up. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, I, again, I'm a Falcons fan. The the Brady hits BS. I still say that. Um, we watched the Alabama-Tennessee um, game in the press box um, during the LSU game. Multiple plays. That was just like, okay, what's what's going on here? Like, what's the rule? Uh, they've got to figure this rule out. I hate this rule of, you know, it being up to the referee. No, 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 no. That's not the way this works. The quarterback either put a freaking flag on him and a blouse and say, don't touch him, or let me hit my quarterback. If it's not late and it's not dirty, okay. When's he going to turn into taken I mean, out multiple times in the LSU game, and there was one call.
1: One That's call. dirty.
0: Yep. That's dirty. Uh, no offense, but Gervin Dexter having all of his weight on Jaden Daniels is not going to hurt him more than it's going to hurt for somebody to sling you down or throw you, or dive at your knees.
1: And and it's just it's it's sad because we're seeing this at the college level, right? And it's worse in the NFL. It's worse. Right. There was a call uh, on a primetime game last week, and I and I put a tweet out about it. But there was a call against Justin Herbert, and he legitimately got pushed. He did not he didn't he he stumbled backwards he did not even hit the ground and it was like the most like least physical push i've ever seen i mean the guy just like tapped him and they called a they called a roughing the passer um and it was a play where you just see more physicality literally literally at every other position in on on the football field literally more physicality everywhere else so why why is there no other flags right it, it to me it's 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 a I, I, like what, when are they gonna put a flag on the quarterback and just call it flag of football? Because that's 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 what I'm watching right now. That that was just an infuriating call on Kurt Dexter to me. I, I I rewatched it and and I get it. I get the penalty because I know that's that's technically a penalty. But to me, the some there, the rule has to change somewhere. Um, Andrew, we've talked about the possibility of them pulling pulling an NFL and saying, okay, well you get one. You know the, the NBA does this. Re, you get one review on a penalty a game. Um, and 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 I it, because what what else are you gonna do? You you, you we're letting that that 15 yard penalty dictated
0: the outcome of the game. I'm not saying the Gators were gonna win, but they had a chance to. It it right. The, the whole thing about you know refs should not be noticed is gone. It's gone. It just it is what it is. It's gone. There's no more. There's no more of that. The referees are gone to the point where you know now they're you know for for better or worse they're continuing to be a part of the the game and they're continuing to dictate um the game and and that's not the way it should be and I, you know me personally i, I i'm tired of it. I, I, i'm tired of seeing it i'm tired of it um, let's go to some recruiting though um since we last talked Dejon Johnson Gator uh, Bryce Thornton commits to the Gators. Creed Whittemore decommits and um, commits to Mississippi State. Um, and then the big one is Money McLean, Camarney, uh commits Thursday. Uh, Florida, Bama, and Miami. Uh, Light Florida is my pick there. And then the I think the even better news, if all possible, is Desmond Ricks is reclassifying to the 23-class. Uh, huge news. So
1: do you think – question here for you, Andrew. Does the Desmond Ricks reclassification to 2023, does that help or hurt the Florida Gators?
0: I think it helps. You know, I mean – well, I say that because there's two ways to look at this. I think it helps them because if they land him, as you and I have talked about multiple times, this defensive back group is terrible That's on the current team. So if you're able to get, you know, um, a push of, of, you know, new players to to come in there and especially guys like Ricks and if McLean is to go and Ricks is to come and then, you know, some of the guys you got now, you think you have a pretty good shot of of talent going up and developing those guys to be good players. The bad thing about it is it's going to be tough to sell Ricks. On a on a big class like this, I mean, you're thinking about it. Florida's going to have six to seven guys in this DB class, depending on McLean. McLean commits, they got seven. If he doesn't, it's six. Um, So you're going to ask Desmond Ricks to either be the seventh or eighth. I think that Florida has to ship somebody out of the class. Yeah, maybe two people out of the class to Laura Ricks. Um, I will say this: I think it's Bama or Florida for Ricks. I know Desmond Ricks absolutely loves Corey Raymond. He loves Corey Raymond. Uh, that's his guy. Uh, he talks about that all the time. He said multiple times Florida's is the the um, home away from home. Um, you know, obviously, I think this process goes into January and February um, for Ricks as he's not going to you know be able to enroll until June as he reclassifies and uh, Florida has work to do. Hey, but uh, great coaches find a way to win these big battles. And they find a way to figure out a way to get seven and eight guys in the class.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I think you make a good point about, you know, and this is all a long ways away, right? Like, uh, you know, right. m- you know, Money McLean, he hasn't committed anywhere yet. Doesn't Ricks hasn't committed anywhere yet. There's a lot of uh, kind of what ifs that we're talking right. about here. But, you know, if it were the case, if, you know, if Ricks and McLean were to both join the class, in my opinion, at least one would have to leave, like you said. Um, you, you you probably have a better gauge on this than I do, but I, I would say at least one. Um, and I don't know if that's, you know, if it's like Ricks as much or like the, the, you know, kind of the lower rated players that are like, well, you know, we got three top 100 <laughs> DBs in the class now. I may not see the field. Um, it it could be one of those deals as well. So, you know, but like I said, a lot of what ifs with the recruiting scenario right now, but in my opinion, things are looking, things are looking good in Gainesville. Billy Napier is doing a hell of a job on the trail. Um, And like you said, uh, it's just, it's been, it's been just a wild, wild recruiting ride. Um, We've seen cold stretches and we've seen um, just scorching hot, you know, three commitments in three days. Um, We've seen it all uh it it, is in my opinion andrew it's 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 fun and it may be fun for you as well more fun for you as well than it has been but just from a fan perspective recruiting is finally fun again um and it's certainly it's certainly fun to cover it in my opinion
0: well i think the biggest thing for me is this and that is I'm, i'm glad to see coaches not scared to go to go after the big guys um coaches who are you know in the mix for, for guys. Um I, you know, that for me is the biggest thing and, and you know, past coaching staffs would have never been in it for um for Money McLean and, and uh Desmond Ricks. So uh for me that's the thing that I think is fun is just seeing that, you know, these guys are, are they, they get it, uh they wanna be great. Um uh, they understand the, the way to be great is by having um great players and, and that, that starts by recruiting. Um so I you know, again, I, I'm very impressed by it. Uh hoping uh, you know, that that the recruiting class is able to come in and give this team a boost um from there. Um I know we were gonna talk about Georgia, but I, I think we need to take a detour here a little bit and okay. uh and, and kind of talk about that. I think personally you're gonna see a lot of attrition in December from the current roster to allow for transfers to come in. Um, And I think, you know, you may see some guys that, you know, some people say, man, he's a really good player. Uh, Why is he transferring? And the answer to that is he doesn't fit the the program.
1: Right. And I think, you know, this is year one under Billy Napier, right? He's learning a lot. Uh, He's learning a lot as a head coach. Um, You know, this is still only his fifth year as a head coach, uh, and it's with a new team, a new division. He faces new teams new players, everything is new. And I think when you look at it like that, after year one, you notice a lot of things Um, and and, and, and you, and you pick up on some things that you may not have realized, you know, when you first took the job. Um, And I think that's important to keep in mind because like you said, I I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, come December, January, we see a lot of in and out, a lot of, a lot of players on both sides of the ball, uh, hit the portal, and I wouldn't be surprised if, if you know, and, and Florida has a big recruiting class this year as well. I think, what are we at, 21 commits yeah. right now? Yeah, yeah. 21, uh, and, you know, there's some time to go there as well, but I just think, you know, this is a new team next year, in my opinion. I think it's going to be just an entirely new team. You know, we're, we're already going to have a big recruiting class, uh, and then, you know, i i i i- i can think of four to five positions right now that that could really 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 use a piece or two in the transfer portal um yeah and i think i think i think it's gonna be a huge change i think we're gonna see a total
0: roster next year yeah and and again i i don't know that that's a bad thing <laughs> no i don't think it is I, I don't i don't know that that's a bad thing at all so uh, you know we'll see uh obviously there is um you know, a lot of time to go in in, in this whole thing, um, and it's it's going to be interesting. And I, you know, again, I think that uh, I think when you look at this team overall, um, it's a team that is um, needs a boost, um, needs a boost from a lot of areas. Um, and um, you know, I, again, I, I say this feeling very comfortable when I say this, and that I think that you're you're in good hands um i i think that this this is a program that uh under billy napier is going to continue to improve i think this is a a program that is uh, going to continue to do it the right way and uh yeah i, I just I, I believe in this program um under billy napier that things are going to be okay yeah
1: i just I, I i'm a big i'm a big fan of billy napier he said something uh after the lsu game that that really that i thought was really awesome and and he and he kind of just sat there, you know, and, and took the heat from the questions, right? But but the one, the one thing that stood out to me was he said, we're going to be sick. I mean, he said, we're going to be sick watching this tape. He said it over and over and over again. He said it had to have been four to five times. Uh, and and, and it, you know, he, he just didn't sit up there and, and, and you know, kind of half-ass it and say, you know, well, you know, we, we played all right. No, he said, we're going to be sick. And to me, that's that's what I want from a head coach, right? I want a head coach to stand up there and just say we were just awful, and yeah. and, and obviously he, he obviously he you know said good things about you know the offense in particular and, and special teams that as well had a had a good game and um, but you, you could just see it on his face. He was just he he was just we're gonna be sick, and, and and I and I love that. I I I just I I think Billy Napier is the right man for the job.
0: Yeah, I agree. <laughs> well, we'll come back Friday. Uh, we'll uh and we'll break down this uh Georgia game more. Uh we had a lot to talk about today. Um so uh we'll come back Friday. We'll uh we'll break this game down a little bit more, uh, get you ready for uh for Jacksonville and what is to be a uh good football game, hopefully, and a great atmosphere. So if you're in Jacksonville, make sure to come out and say hello to us and uh we will see everybody on Friday. Make sure to stay tuned this week for uh coverage of uh Billy Napier. On, and then Money McLean on Thursday. Sure. All right, guys. We will talk to you guys on Friday. Make sure to check us out on the web at GatorCountry.com. Thanks, guys.